Good to be here tonight, Liz. As he said, 10 years ago, I came here in 2012. Brother Lupina called me in the month of May, said that we're looking for alumni director. You're on the short list and whatever. So I came out here. And uh, the rest is history. Amen. And uh, I thank God. I remember Brother Colling sits down here, and I couldn't get into my home for eight or nine days. I, th I don't know if he was in Arizona or in Oregon, but he said, you can use my home. And so we stayed in his home until we got into our home. So, and I do want to say this and on behalf of my wife and myself, that you have been very gracious to me during that difficult time when people were being laid off, and here I come in as a new kid on the block. And, uh, but you welcomed me, and you were very gracious to me. And my wife and I want to thank you tonight for being so gracious and uh, loving to my, to my family and to my wife and I. Going during those times, and it has been, but uh, I want to thank God for our pastor and his leadership. Just, uh, uh, it's amazing. I, I think Brother Eddie hit it in his Sunday school class on Sunday. The last four or five years in our ministry here at First Baptist Church in Hiles Anderson College has trained tremendously. And I think we really owe it to one thing, I really believe. And I believe we owe it to prayer. And I, I, our prayer, uh, we have 14 to 15 different uh, meetings going on during the week, prayer sessions of people getting together praying, pastors stopping the service on Sunday nights, some morning, Wednesday and th Saturday, you know, during the night, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and coming up and halting everything, praying not just for missions, but praying for everything. And so I really believe that God's hand is upon not only our preacher, but upon First Baptist Church. And as God is blessing us, uh, some, one of the Finance people told me that we're in probably the best financial shape that we've been in in 15 years. Our bills are paid and we're doing well. The college is being revamped. Our chapel is going to be beautiful. Uh, it's about, I don't know it's as long as this, but it's pretty good size. Amen? But uh, it's, it's beautiful and all the work that's being done. So we've got a great morale and a great enthusiasm at the college, and I praise God. But I think for all the years that I came here, I think 2014 we started going to these alumni fellowship meetings around the country with pastor uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast. And I just think right now, and, and uh, as I say this, and I was in the tour group with the, uh, Joyful Melodies, it, the, 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 uh, the attitude towards our church and the attitude towards our college is phenomenal. Uh, past people love our preacher. They love him. And uh, they love our school. And our school is just amazing how, on the uprise and the attitude and the, the spirit out there. And so I had the privilege of uh, on tour for, I guess, 15 days uh, with the Joyful Melodies, and we had a great time. So, But it was great to be with the tour groups. And, uh, but I'm speaking tonight basically on a preventive message. And I, when I speak in chapel, I, for the last four messages when I preach, I, I hand out a card and, uh, the, for the students that they can have and keep and whatever. First message I preached was avoid what you cannot resist, Genesis chapter 39, where David was in the home alone where he shouldn't have been, and I, I said, you know, it's better to avoid than to resist. And I preached the message on Finnish, about the, uh, the Spanish fellow that came to the Olympics, and uh, basically preventive messages, but also encouraging messages. And so tonight I want to bring a message that I think will help you, and it's helped me. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. Brother Osgood sent me a text tonight. He says, keep it, keep it short so the people go home happy. I says, good. 
Brother Eddie, did you hear about the guy that is 80 years old and he bought a convertible? And uh, anyway, he uh, got this convertible and he's got it out there and he says, let me see what this, he's 80 years old and he, let me see what this thing can do, man. He just rammed that thing and took off with it and all of a sudden he looks behind and here's a trooper behind him flashing. And he just, uh, he says, you know, I think I can outrun him. He's 80 years old. So finally he comes to his senses and says, no, there's no way I can outrun him. So he pulls over, the trooper gets out of the car, walks up to the car guy and he says, if you can tell me a story that I have not heard before, I'll let you go. He says, well, he says, years ago, my wife went off with a trooper. I thought you were bringing her back. <laughs> Let's all stand for the reading of the word of God tonight. On that note, <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 1. Hebrews 11 and verse number 1. Are we all there? I'm going to read verse 1, and then we'll go all the way down to verse 7, and we'll finish off in verse 7. You start in, I'll start in at 1, you do too. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. By this the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered an un more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of the diligently seek him. Together in verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus, for Wednesday night. Be with our preacher. Give him safety as he travels back. And uh, what an uh, instrument of uh, just a, what a, a man of, of uh, character and uh, just loving people, individual people, taking time. And I thank God for our preacher and his leadership. Thank God for his vision that we has for this world. Bless this church. Keep your hands upon this ministry and our preacher. Thank you for what we have here at First Baptist Church and the college and the school systems and all the things that we do have. What a blessing it is to be here, a privilege. And even to preach behind this pulpit, Lord, we thank you for it. I thank you for it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. God be the glory. Amen. You may be seated. 1 Corinthians 14.40 says this. Don't turn there. It says, let all things be done decently and in order. God is a God of order, and he wants things done in order. God is, and you can, and I really believe this with my whole heart. I'm a traditional type person, and I love a routine. We get up at the same time, seven days a week, most of the time, and I just love a routine, to get into a routine. And I think you can get more accomplished when you do have a sense of order and, and, and uh, structure, and, um, and you can accomplish much more when you keep things in order. But I do love a routine and I love tradition. We're a very traditional family. But we also need to be flexible. And with that, you know, and it's so true. Patience is uh, something that I have to work on constantly. Right, Mrs. Froke? 
Where are you? Oh, there you are, right there. And so, uh, by the way, the alumni department, uh, <laughs> it's not, brother, you know, I get all these notes. Thank you, Brother Froki, for the birthday wishes. Thank you, Brother Froki, for all of this. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And that's the lady that does it all right there. She does it all. And, and I mean that sincerely. So it's, it's not, uh, it, on the door it says uh, Steve and Connie. It should be Connie and Steve, even. Whatever, but um, anyway. But she does it all. I appreciate her. And what a great spirit she is. 59 years this December. 59 years, amen. And uh, praise the Lord. We got married when we were 12. But anyway. But we also need, like I said, to be flexible and uh, things that I have to work on. But there's three words that, uh, that have helped me personally over the years of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll talk about these three men. We're going to talk about Abel. We're going to talk about Enoch. And we're going to talk about Noah. And all three found in the faith chapter. All three of these men naturally are found in the faith chapter. Now, there's three words. And if we keep these in order, remember, God is a God of order. Okay? Do things decently in order. And I believe that with my whole heart. If you go to the Old Testament, how we, everything that he did had to be in order. The sacrifices. But three words, if we keep these in order, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And these are the three words. Okay, the first word is the word worship. Okay, the second word is the word walk. And the last word is the word work. And I really believe with my whole heart, when we get these out of order, things happen and they're not real good. Okay, let's look at Abel. Okay, um, Adam and Eve's first two sons, Abel offered a sacrifice that was what? Pleasing to God. Cain offered in a sacrifice, but it was unacceptable. Why was it unacceptable? Let's look at it. Go back to Genesis. Keep your finger there in Hebrews, but let's go to Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter 3. Use our Bibles tonight. And let's look at verse number 17. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and has eaten of the tree of which I have commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat, thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Cursed is the ground. God did not accept Cain's sacrifice. Now, same parents, same upbringing. And as we go, in, uh, go back to uh, also Genesis chapter 4. Uh, Genesis chapter 4. I want to show you something here. Uh, Genesis chapter 4, and I think it's important. In verse number 1, let me read this. And Adam and Eve knew, uh, and Adam knew, uh, knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare up his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Nothing wrong with that, okay? And in the process of time, that's important because we don't know how long that was, but we do know one thing, that God was looking for a blood sacrifice, and we realize that Cain did not bring a blood sacrifice, and I believe he knew better. Okay, let's look at it. And Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was what? Very wroth, and his countenance fell. Not only did God not accept it, but God didn't accept the attitude of Cain, the way he brought that, and how important that is. 
Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Abel and animal sacrifice. It's always been about the blood. Okay? Cain from the ground in Genesis chapter 3, 17. Also the attitude in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 5 in bringing the sacrifice. Same parents. But God wanted the worship. Cain had to, things out of, oh, out of order. Out of order. And immediately, this is what things happen when we get things out of order. The worship should always come first before the walk and the work. The worship is the key to the whole thing. Just like God is blessing our church here. His hand is upon this ministry and about the college. I really believe because we are a church of prayer. And uh, God, the pastor has instilled this. Uh, in us that we stop the service we'll come up we'll come to the altar let's pray for certain things or the missionaries whatever uh, the sick 14 or 15 different groups that meet during the week to have prayer meetings God loves that as we speak to him and, 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 and beg him for his power and his mercy and, and he's blessed our church abundantly I believe we are where we are today is because of our prayers and our prayer meetings and uh, they're so important. The Bible says in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We have got to put God first. We don't leave the house in the morning until we have our prayer time. Or at least I have my prayer time and her prayer time. We just make time. And I know you guys work shift work or whatever, but whatever it is, I love what Tom Williams used to say, get yourself a prayer life. Let me just add something. And I'm not preaching. I'm just telling you what I do You've got to have a devotional life. You've got to have a devotional life. And if you don't get a devotional life, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I'm not being unkind when I say this, but I could name five preachers that are not in the ministry anymore. And I'm not talking about Brother Scott. I'm talking about five preachers that I've rubbed shoulders with are not in the ministry anymore. And I guarantee you, I attribute it to this thing of getting things out of order. They work Work, work, and everybody gets busy. I don't care who you are. Everybody on this platform. No one's excluded here. We get busy, myself or anybody else. And you know what starts slipping? It starts slipping, our prayer life starts slipping. Next thing that starts slipping is your Bible reading. You know, the fundamentals of the faith are simple, folks. I've been in this thing a long time. If you have a good devotional life, you'll be okay. And you stay in church. I'll never forget what Brother Mason said in the chapel service one time. He said, not all of you are going to be preachers, not all of you are going to be assistant pastors, youth pastors, or missionaries, or whatever the case may be. But if you do just this one thing, you'll be okay. And that one thing is stay in church. You know, I'm for live stream, but you want to know something? There's a lot of people that are not in church tonight because they stay home and do the live stream rather than being here. Hello. Come on. I mean, if you're able, you ought to come through the doors of First Baptist Church on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. Amen? Well, I'll get notes now. That's all right. Forget it. <laughs> I'm not the pastor. Amen. I'm just kidding. Amen. But that's true. Seven days a week. My wife and I, I'm not tooting my horn. I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to tell you what, what's important. And putting God first, I bought this new life application Bible. I can't put it down. I love the footnotes and, and everything. I'm consumed with it. Matter of fact, it's cut into my prayer life a little bit, but uh, I love it. I really do. And uh, I can't wait in the morning. And, and, and I'm not just saying this, but I love to get up in the morning and just have my prayer time with my 
with my Lord and, and reading my Bible. I don't want to leave the house in the morning without talking to Jesus. What do you think? Amen? Let's talk to Jesus. And uh, how important that is. Prayer moves God. Prayer moves God. Can I ask you a question tonight? Do you have a prayer life? Do you really have a bona fide prayer life? Now, you know your schedule. You know what you do, what you can do, and what you can't do. But let, you've got to put God first. You've got you've to work around it, whatever schedule you are, and shift work or wherever it may be. You've got to do it. You've got to have it. Trust me, when you get things out of order, listen to what happens. The work loses its sweetness. And all of a sudden, you call on your bus route or whatever it may be, teaching a class or whatever it is, it becomes mundane. It's not sweet anymore. And you know why it's not sweet anymore? Because you're not in your Bible and don't have a prayer life. You're just showing up for work and just cracking a paycheck. The work loses its sweetness. I've been there. I've been there. As a pastor. And I know it's not, it, it's not fun. And boy, I'll tell you what. I had to repent and get right with God. Say, oh God, forgive me for leaving you out so often. I, I, I can't get along, get along without God. I need God. How about you? Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, what pleases God is faith. I'll never forget Brother Hiles. He came out to our church when we built a new building and we dedicated our building. You know what he preached on? What is faith? You know what faith is? Dependence upon God. That's exactly what faith is, is dependence upon God, depending upon him. Work loses its uh, sweetness. I've been there. You get busy, real things. You get, out of, you get things out of order. You lose your effectiveness. You lose your effectiveness. And you know what happens then? The flesh takes over. The flesh takes over. No worship, no praise to God. And I'm going to tell you something. You won't make it. You're going to fall flat on your face, and you'll become a casualty. I've seen it over and over again in the ministry. Tonight, you know where? You know where you're at tonight. Take your Bibles and go, I want, I want you to see these verses right here that help me that I look at these verses. I love these verses. Take your Bibles tonight and go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. And look at verse 23. Let's read those together. Psalm 139 and verse 23 and 4. These have helped me tremendously. Let's read them together. Ready? Here we go. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen? Aren't those good verses? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me and know my heart. How important those verses are. They're very important to me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Is there anything between you and me? I want it clear. I want it pure. I want it clean. I was going to preach a message tonight, avoid what you cannot resist. It's a little pointed, and I thought I'd change it or whatever. That's a powerful truth. Avoid what you cannot resist. And uh, 
A lot of people, if you just avoid rather than resist. When you do resist, that means you're close to doing it. When you avoid something, you don't have to think about it. Somebody say amen. Let's talk about the walk, the worship. You've got to have that worship. It's got to come first. It's got to come first. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. And look at, let's look at verse 5 and 6. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? How many want to please God tonight? I mean, please God. How can we please God? Give me a couple of, talk to me tonight. How can I please God? Brother Terry, how can I please God? Worship, how else can I please him? Have faith pleases God. What else pleases God? How about reading your Bible pleases? Does that please God, reading your Bible? How about praying? Does that please God? Praying pleases God. How do we talk to God? Back in the Old Testament in Genesis, God spoke audibly to, uh, to Adam. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, God. You know how he speaks to us today is how? How many have a King James Bible tonight? Put them up. Let's see them. Amen. It's a Bible-believing church, amen? The walk. The walk. Let's look at it. But without faith, verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Enoch had his life in order. The Bible says that he pleased God. And let's go back to Genesis chapter 5. Keep your finger there, and let's go to Genesis 5. Genesis 5 and verse number 22. I love these verses. We don't know much about Enoch, by the way. Look at me. We don't know much about Enoch. But we do know one thing, that he pleased God. Enoch chapter, uh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 5 and verse number 22. And Enoch, and what's the next word? And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years and begot sons and daughters. Verse 23. And the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch had that walk down. I'll guarantee you, long before he had the walk down, he had the worship. Because he pleased the Lord. He had a, a walk with God. We don't know much about Enoch, but we know that he pleased God. And I believe that Enoch was a man of integrity. When we keep our integrity, we find God's purpose in life. Let me give you the definition of integrity. Never twist the word of God, number one. Number two, wrong is never right. Number three, cannot be transferred or bought. Number four, you can't get it from someone else. Number five, you can't buy it, something that you have to work at constantly, integrity. Pastor Wilkerson was chosen from the pulpit committee, the final one, to be our pastor. One of the men on the pulpit committee told me this. And I asked him, I said, how did it came to be John Wilkerson as the last person that you chose? And I thank God for it. Here's what he told me. We believe that John Wilkerson had a, was a man of integrity. Amen? And he is a man of integrity. A man of integrity. 
When you get the worship and the walk down, and I don't even hate to use this term, but some people use it. They say, well, we just burned out. You know why they burned out? They think had things out of order. I mean, we got guys in here that have driven buses for 40 years and haven't burned out yet. Huh? Teaching a Sunday school class for 35, 40 years, and they haven't burned out yet. Huh? Come on, talk to me. That's a cop-out. You know, I'm just overwhelmed or whatever the case may be. Hogwash. Get things in order. You'll be okay. Get up in the morning and get in time and get your, into your Bible. Get into a good prayer life. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And by the way, who your friends are. We got a group of friends that we hang out with and at the church house. Well, well, the last number of years, we're not a clique. We just, we just get together because of the age group. They're all a bunch of old people. No, we're not. Just a bunch of elderly people. But, uh, but you know what? Nothing has ever been criticized or the preacher or the church. When we get together, we just have a great amount of fun. And a lot of them are sitting here tonight. And they've been members here for years. Isn't that wonderful? My best, that's why, I mean, I don't want to stay home on live stream and watch this on live stream. Man, if I'm well enough to get here, I want to come through the doors and associate with my friends. The best fellowship and the best friends you ought to have are the people at First Baptist Church. Somebody say amen. When you get the worship and the walk down, you won't burn out. Your priorities are right, and the Bible says, uh, the Bible says do things decently in order. Abel worshipped, Enoch walked, and number three, Noah worked. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark of the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. All three of these men were men of faith. All three of these men were men of faith. What is faith? Dependence upon God. How do you, how do you please God? Depend on him. It makes the work sweeter. It makes the work sweeter. Now take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. It's amazing. And verse number 8. Genesis 6 and verse number 8. Are we there? Say amen. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Look at me. I was down in Cincinnati. We went to see the ark and we went to the museum first, and then we went to the ark. And uh, you know me, I ask a lot of questions and, and whatever. And these guys, some theologians were there, and I asked them, I said, how many people do you think were on planet Earth before God destroyed the Earth and every living thing? And some people said, well, maybe 7 million, maybe 9 million, maybe 11 million people were on planet Earth. I said, wow. But you know what? Only one man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah. Is that amazing? One man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's look at it. But verse 6, verse 8, excuse me. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah not only was a just man, perfect in his generation, and Noah what? I can't hear you. Noah what? Walked with God. He had a walk. 
Not only did he have his worship down, he had a walk down. And what a work habit he has. Now think about this, folks. And I'm sure you have, but over the years, but my, my, my mind can't wrap around this. For 120 years, this guy is preaching righteousness. 120 years. Nobody's listening to him. He doesn't even know what he's building. He's just obeying completely what God told him to do. I want you to build it this long, and I want you to build it this high. He didn't ask any questions. He was obedient. That's what he was. He didn't ask any questions. He had no idea what he was building. The nearest water hole was 300 miles away. Never rained before on planet Earth. And here this guy is pounding and building and preaching righteousness. And I don't know about you, Brother Eddie. Would you get a little discouraged? I mean, I would. Brother Palmer, would you get a little discouraged? I mean, even after two months. I mean, nobody's listening to me. They're saying, who's this idiot? What's this guy doing? What's he building? Am I right? Come on. But he kept building. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't quit. Sometimes people quit over the craziest things. Somebody offend them or whatever the case may be. You've got to be kidding I've been in this thing 31 years of pastoring. You've got to be kidding me. Quit? I preached a message at college. Finish. Pastor used it the other night, Acts chapter 20. Count it all joy to finish. I don't know how many more breaths I have or messages or whatever the case may be. Someone says, Brother Froke, you're going to retire? I don't know where that, that, that's not in my vocabulary. It's not in my vocabulary. You know, as long as I keep going, Amen. Just keep going. Jimmy Vanderhood, he's an old man. He's like a father to me. <laughs> but look at that. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Look what he did in verse 14. Go down to verse 14. All God told him, this is what he told him to do. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms, shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and with, without with pitch. Not one thing, God, why am I doing this? What is this going to do? Not one thing. He just obeyed God. Now go over to verse 22. God is telling him all that he wants to do. Look at verse 22. What a great verse. Thus Noah did, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Did everything that God asked him to do. Only one man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Obedience to God. 120 years of preaching righteousness and building. Discouraged? No. Doesn't say he was discouraged. Just said he just kept building. He just kept building. No one listening? He had no idea what he was building 300 miles from the nearest water hole but he did not quit whatever God's asking you to do just finish what God's asked you to do just finish no matter what it is just finish what God's asked you to do he had the worship and the walk down the work was still sweet 
the work was still sweet. It was still sweet. We're working with a young couple that's coming to church now, Crystal and um, Jason. Two years ago, they were homeless. And just got to have patience. And uh, last Sunday, they didn't show, but they were sick. The son was sick, and it was, it was legitimate. And, but uh, it just takes patience working with people. We're doing this follow-up program with uh, Brother Abdel and a couple of days a week going out soul winning and knocking on doors and making follow-up calls and doing whatever. But I, and I enjoy that. I enjoy I love soul winning. Soul winning is still sweet to me. I didn't know what soul winning meant in 1968 until Pastor came from Pontiac, Michigan and told us I never heard the term soul winning. And then I came here in 77 and C.W. Fisk was the head of Fisherman's Club and and that taught a lot, taught, taught me so much as a, as a soul winner. Joe Boyd, others, but amazing. But I still love it. My wife led Crystal to Christ, and we still get excited over people bowing their heads and asking Jesus Christ to come in their heart. And I never want to lose that sweetness. I never want to lose that. I never want to lose the joy of being able to take my Bible and my New Testament and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to keep it sweet. I don't want to quit. I don't want to get bitter. I want to keep active. I want to keep serving. I want to keep teaching. As long as God will have me. And Brother Colleen, he's going in. How many years there, Doc? At college. 45 years and he's still teaching. Amen. Praise God. My friend... Don't get it out of order. Don't get it out of order. Don't get it out of order. Abel had it right. Enoch had it right. Noah had it right. Maybe you won't notice it at first. But if you do, get back to the altar. Get back to the altar. That's why we have altars like this. Whatever it may take. Preacher, my, my devotional life isn't what it should be. And get back to the altar. Get back to God. Say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. In 1981, across the street in the chapel, I was ordained by Dr. Hiles, and he laid hands on me. And uh, there was eight of us that night, and uh, across the, the, the chapel. Roy Moffat, you were there. You signed my uh, ordination certificate. You're old, too. You're old, too. But anyway, I'll never forget it. We were there, there and... Uh, so a couple of the families from Pennsylvania came. This is a long time ago, 1981. And uh, I'll never forget it. And Brother Hiles came up to me, and this is what he said to me. Simply this. He said, Steve, walk with God. That's all he said. Steve, walk with God. Have I always walked with God? No. There were times when I didn't. I'm embarrassed, ashamed, or whatever. But God knows my heart. Walk with God. 3 John chapter 4, no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Can I ask a question tonight? How is your devotional life?
between you and Jesus? How is your devotional life?